Good evening, welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 96, which is actually a transfer summer Mercato roundup. Uh, with me today, I've got Samuel Rubio. How are you, Sam? Hey, Scott. How are you? Finally, we get to talk about Calcio Mercato. It's been crazy with us, so finally, we're able to review this uh, Calcio Mercato. It's nice to nice to be here with you. Yeah, it, we had plans to. A pod Monday and Wednesday, but obviously, uh, with stuff going on in, in our personal life, we couldn't get it done. But we've got a chance to record on this Thursday evening, and also with us, we've got James Vass. How are you, James? Fine, thank you very much. Happy to uh, have you on board to join this uh, summer transfer Mercato review pod. So, guys, it's been a fun three months. In the, I wouldn't say three months, two months, the summer transfer Mercato. Um, Sam, I'll go to you first. Um, what were your thoughts overall on the, the summer business? Yeah, um, it's actually funny. I was, John uh, Solano invited me to his party earlier in the summer, right before the transfer for Mercato. He asked me the question, the same question. How do you envision the end of the transfer Mercato? And at that time, it was everything was a question mark, right? Uh, I think the Friedkins, Thiago Pinto, Mourinho, everything, everybody together did a phenomenal job. Um, more than bringing in players, getting rid of players. Uh, we got rid of the huge salaries. I think the team is looking younger. The team is looking refreshed. I think the team is looking committed. Uh, I think to summarize and just to, to say it in a few words, I think it was a phenomenal transfer market. Yeah, so we still have some players that we wish uh, we could have uh, find a team for, like Nsonsi, Diawara, uh, Fasio himself. Mm, but Santon. I think... Uh, Santon. But I think for what he had um, in the terrible summers leading up to this one, um, I think Pinto and company did a phenomenal job. Mm. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, same question to you, James. How do you feel the summer Mercato has gone for Roma? Well, I agree. yes, I agree completely with Sam there. I think um, uh, particularly if you look, in, look at it in the context of the circumstances, um, you know, it, it, because there was a major competition this year, the, 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 the Mercato's always like, pushed back a, a bit, so um, didn't really get going until July. And then uh, we managed, I think the only players who've been training separately that we didn't manage to... Um, find a, a club for an Azonzi, Santon, and um, one other one. Fazio. Fazio. Fazio, yeah. And um, so we, uh, I think, I mean, obviously some manoeuvres were done with Pastore in terms of reaching some sort of agreement, but um, uh, that would have cost us something. Um, but nevertheless, I think in the circumstances, I agree. I think it's been absolutely fantastic and um you can see the the optimism that there is around um uh the fan base at the moment obviously some of that you can attribute to Mourinho but also the way we played in those first four games we played the first four competitive games of the season we got through that potentially tricky um uh um uh 
Conference League playoff game, and we did it using. I mean, we we uh, we used some of those new players. We uh, we've re- we seem to have really resolved, at least for the time being, the goalkeeping, long-standing goalkeeping issue. The um, uh, we've had players like uh, Tammy Abraham Shamardarov, you know, um, being protagonists already. So and Vina, of course, as well. So um, I think, yeah, I think overall, given, I mean, obviously some, you know, thanks to the Freakins as well, who provided some investment. And um, it looks like, from what we can see, money has been spent well and team refreshed. And, um, you know, uh, there's, you know, you know, we can look forward realistically to a, um, a genuine challenge to finish in the top four. Sam, I'll come to you. Are you put off about the amount of money that Rome has spent this so far this summer? So it's ninety-seven and a half million euros, which will, I think will rise to over a hundred plus bonuses. How do you feel of uh, the freaking spending that much money? And I'll come to James afterwards for the same same question. Yeah, it's unbelievable that they spend that much money. That means that they're committed to the cause. But mm. let's get one thing straight. Roma, we're still on the red. Um, on the last reports, we Roma, as a, as a società, it's losing still 12 million euros a month. Uh, that cannot be fun for the freaking. Since the freaking arrived, they've added, uh, I was reading, I, we wrote an article a few weeks ago for Planeta Roma, 248 0.3 million euros. That's on top of what he paid for the fee for buying the club. Uh, that's how much it's added. Uh, and we're that's still close. on the and we are still on the red. 12 million yeah. euros a month. Um, obviously, that's you, close to was it 800 million euros pumped in? Close to that. Close to those numbers. Yeah, yeah maybe a little less. Yeah, something like that. Um, they're obviously they're looking for investors, right? The latest reports are he, he's looking for investors. Uh, in America, someone that gets around 40%. So in other words, he still keeps control of, of and, and manage the day-to-day, but he wants somebody that is going to mitigate the expenses of the team with him, right? So I think that's a, I think if I'm going to trust somebody, I'm going to trust the Freakins. They have the track record of doing it the right way. So I think we're in the good hands. So far, so good. I don't know how you see it, James. Well, yes, I mean, uh, it is a staggering. Uh, I wasn't aware it was that much, actually, but staggering amount of money and um uh but you know we, we have to bear in mind that you know they bought the club and if, if they're going to grow the club and develop their asset uh that you know you have to invest in it and with our income being relatively limited because not just because of the um the restrictions with the pandemic but generally because you know we we, we weren't able to um, open the stadium at Tour de Valle that we spent so long trying to 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 um to, they are uh, actively looking though they are actively looking i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if we have news on uh, that in the coming talking, weeks yeah i'm talking about at the moment at the moment we don't have revenue from our own stadium and we haven't been in the champions league now for a few seasons so um although we had a good run be interesting to see how much we earned last season from the europa league run to the uh last four but but getting back into the champions league i think is absolutely uh uh critical and i think then you'll start to see things turn because obviously that that can then have a knock-on effect on sponsorship values 
technical sponsors and you know kit sponsors and all the rest of it so um uh so i think it's it's a bit like you know you have to invest in order to yield further returns down the line and to and to increase income there was no real alternative really and they knew they had to invest and I'm sure they also knew that at the beginning they were going to be in the red. It's just a matter of they, don't, they didn't want to be in the red for too long. Absolutely, yes. But um, but the fact that they are so committed and, um, uh, you know, hopefully by the end of the year we'll hear something um, about plans, alternative plans for a stadium. And, you know, if we can return to the Champions League next season, as well as maybe... Um, I know there are restrictions in Serie A at the moment in terms of attendances, but you know, increase um, match day attendances. Then, um, uh, you know, there is great potential to 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 turn things around. You know, it's particularly when you get into the Champions League, you can do it relatively quickly. So, um, and of course, some you know, making the squad more economic, getting ba- better value for money from. From, which looks like it's going to happen. Um, uh, I don't think it's too premature to say that. So, all in all, the overall, I think, going in the right direction. And um, while things might seem a bit uh, precarious at the moment, um, uh, hopefully that that situation will be turned around in the next twelve months or so. Uh- I've got a question. So we spent 97 and a bit million on what six players. So we had the two redemptions for Roger Ibanez and Brian Reynolds and the chunk of that, the 97 and a bit million euros was spent on Tammy Abraham. And then you had, it also has to be said that I'm sorry to cut you off. It's not, we haven't paid all that money. It's over five years. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, On the Tammy Abraham, Roma out of the, out of pocket was under 10. I think it was like around, I don't have the exact numbers, but it's well under 10, around seven, seven or so. So, Mm. so let's put that into consideration as well, right? It's not 95 all at once. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, we spent money on Tammy Abraham, uh, Aldous Morodorov, Mateus Vigna and Rui Patricia. And we got a question from uh, Florenzi's hair, a.k.a. Grazzi Totti 91. Uh, in your guys' opinion, what is the best move of the market? And Sam, I'll start with you and then I'll come to you, James, afterwards. I imagine it's the same answer for both of you. The best move of the market? Uh, yeah, replacing yeah. Edin Sheko with uh, Tammy Abraham. Tammy, I think, yeah. yes, of course. I think he's shown already what the potential. All the poten- I think we've seen potential so far. I mean, nice goal, a lot of assists, but the potential of how good he can be once he gets used to this league, I think very high ceiling of potential. Completely agree. Uh, I imagine it's the same answer from you, James. It's the same answer. And... Yeah. Um, <laughs> And um, yes, I mean, uh, when you look at the qualities that he brings and as said that margins for growth and improvement and, um, uh, you know, a reliable, looks like a reliable finisher, um, able to join in the play. And I mean, we saw, for example, in the second goal that we scored against um, Salonitana by Jordan Veratu, he, you know, his touch during that movement was sublime, really. So he's got the talent, the mobility, strength as well. He must be a very similar, in a 
kind of way to Lukaku in that it must be a difficult player to um to to handle for defenders to play against. So and, and of course, you know, when you think um that you know the I know it's only one more season, but Jekyll's contract, but it was a very onerous contract for us. So to bring that and get a player who hopefully will be um uh more successful and suited well to uh the style of play. Um, and, and of course we do have that, you know, we are protected somewhat because we do have a, well, there, well, there is a buyback clause in the contract of it's reported to be, or I don't know if it's in the contract or it's a, like a gentleman's agreement, as they say, but it's a, it's a significant amount. So it lives around um, 80 million euros. I mean, but that euros, means yeah. if, if he, if that were to happen, yeah, it would suck to lose him, but I think that would also show that uh, he killed it with us. So, and mm. so I mean, that's uh, not a bad situation. I... And, and that's not exercisable until twenty twenty three. If I yeah, that's uh, correct. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I think all in all, the whole package of that deal was, uh, and and it was quite interesting because it looked like I got the impression during that uh, negotiation that. It was quite hard work to convince him, and uh, he actually said in his. Uh, I noticed from his uh, presentation interview that he did. He'd spoken both to Emerson Palmieri and Antonio Rudiger at Chelsea, both ex-Roma players, and um, they helped to convince him to come. So, um, so uh, I think all in all, it was quite a, um, quite a you know, a, a coup to get him, you know, so uh, um, bravo to Thiago Pinto for that. Yeah. Um, I've got another question. This is from Paul Jones uh, at Your Generation 7. He's a Chelsea fan and it's actually a good segue. It's about Tammy Abraham. He, he asked, Tammy Abraham from Chelsea, he couldn't hold down a regular spot here. Can he become an all-round player in Rome? Um, James, I'll ask you first, and Sam, I'll ask you second. I can imagine both answers would be yes, massively. He's come here to replace Jekyll, and he'll be the number nine going forward. Yes, I, I, I think the answer is yes. And um, I, I think if you look at his performance, what I've noticed so far is he's got such a... He's, he's, he's quite a complete striker. Um, he's not just limited to the penalty area, being effective in the penalty area. He can drop deeper, participate in the play. He's and and um, despite being you know a big man, he's got a, lo- a lovely touch. He's mobile and um, he's got an instinct, and he's a seems quite a um, cool finisher. You know, he he's, he seems quite clinical and composed. If you think about that goal he scored against. Um, Salonitana. And of course, he'd already hit the frame of the goal twice in previous games that he'd played. So, um, uh, yes, and I, and, I, and I actually, it did, it did cross my mind that maybe it won't be too long before um, Gareth Southgate, the England coach, is going to the Olympico to check up on him. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously that must be one of his aims to get, you know, to, uh, to get back in his national team squad. I don't think that would be too long. I think if he starts really, really well here uh, in Italy, I think Gareth will come calling. Uh, Sam, do you think, uh, on Paul's question, uh, do you think he can become an all-round player in Rome? We know he's Mourinho guy. He's going to get the minute. Oh, yeah. how, how fast is he, is he going to settle into Serie A? 
I think I think that has a lot to do with to the answer. But I think it's going to be yes. I think uh, he sh like I said, he shows all the signs. Um, like James said, very good with his feet. Uh, he plays outside the box. He's involved. He you know he he's uh, he's not selfish. You know he, I think what everything positive with him. So far, he's got great technique. He's already scored a great goal, which was, you can tell them the first few matches, kind of like hunting him. He wanted to get that off his back and start be, get on the board. So that's very good. And I hope he keeps that momentum going after this, uh, this uh, you know, still this national team uh, two-week stop. Uh, I think, yeah, he's going to be on the radar of Southgate because... Yes, he's got uh, he's got Harry Kane over there, but I think uh, I think Tammy Abraham on a good day adds a few other things as well. So I think he should be on the radar soon if he continues uh, scoring goals in, with minutes in Rome, which we should all expect him to, right? Oh God, yeah. Um, so we've got all the ins. So let's go with with the outs. There's been quite a lot of outs, mainly on loan with obligations. So you had uh, for memory, so. All three, so Morante, Juan Jesus, and Bruno Perez left all on free transfers. Uh, so I, if memory serves me right, two of them have got clubs in Juan Jesus is at Napoli and Bruno Perez is at Trabzonspor. Then you had Justin Clivert go on loan to Nice and Paulo Lopez and Cengiz Under go to Marseille. Uh, Robin Olsen went on loan to Sheffield United in the championship. Uh, Alessandro Florenzi went on loan to AC Milan. Javier Pastore had his contract mutually terminated and he went to Alci on a one-year deal. I think me and Sam were still like, how has he done that? Um, and then you had Ed and Dzeko go to Inter Milan on a free transfer. And if I, if I'm, I think that's maybe, oh, oh and then Pedro, sorry, going to Lazio. Um, Sam, I'll start with you, and I'll come to James afterwards. Uh, on the outs, Thiago Pinto's done a really, really good job with the outs, hasn't he? As you were naming them, I was like, whoa, he got rid of him, <laughs> and him, and him, and him. Yeah, he it's did phenomenal. He, I mean, great. Uh, what is there to say? I mean, you, you name them all, and how hard did it look at the beginning of the summer to get rid of all these names, especially in, during the pandemic, and there's new post-pandemic, maybe, I guess, a change of times where... Numbers are you, they say are not the same, and then people are trying to figure out figure out other ways to do business. I think yeah, w w everything has been said. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal job by Thiago Pinto. Um, and you know we have a few more. We have a few more. I, you know what I want to say about the outs though, and I know it's a little might be a little controversial because he went to Lazio, but the way Pedro did it, you know, he came to Mourinho. He's like, all right, I'm not part of your plans. I want to play football. If Lazio is going to take me, I just want to play, man. You know, I can respect that. As of someone like Ensonsi, he's like, no here, no there, no there. Does he want to play? He doesn't want to play. You know what I mean? He went to Lazio. Yeah, he went to the other side of town. Fair enough. But the way he did it was very professional, even on his way out. So you can you can you can't say anything about Pedro and his professionalism. So I don't wish him good luck over there. I wish him good luck after Lazio. Um, but that's it. Uh, that, I wanted to say that about Pedro, though, because you know you see pe pe uh, players like Pedro and players like uh, on the other side of the spectrum, like in Sonsi, right? Um, but anyways, yeah. To summarize, phenomenal job by uh, by uh, Thiago Pinto. All these players needed to go. I think I think maybe you. you 
you can sense that, and it was it was said in, in the press, right, that uh, Mourinho kind of wanted Florenzi to stay. Florenzi wasn't having it, and maybe we're a little bit weak on that area, you know, because I don't see Ren- Reynolds as ready to back up um, uh, Rick Carso, just in case, God forbid, something happens on their own for, on, with him. Um, so yeah, so because we no, there was a lot of talk on the midfielder, but that right, the right, uh, the right back position feels a little weak. I don't, I don't know that in my book at least. But overall, uh, great. All these players needed to go. They had no place in Rome. Cheng is under, uh, Justin Clivert, Paul Lopez. You know, we, they needed to go, and it got done. So yeah, phenomenal. Seven point five to eight to Thiago Pinto on that one. Ooh. That was going to be one of my later questions, but um, you, you already uh, answered it. Uh, to James, how do you feel uh, Thiago Pinto did with all the outs? Because that's a lot of outs and a lot of wages saved off that really bloated wage bill from last season, isn't it? Yes, yes. And I'd agree with everything that Sam said. The only thing I would say is if someone was being hypercritical, they would say, well, you know, they weren't all um, straight transfers. That, you know, some of them were loans and so on, and the and the problem might with some players might reemerge next summer. But you know, um, but on the other hand, you can say, well, a player like Robin Olsen, for example, or Paul Lopez, or Chengiz under that type of player might establish himself in the club that he's gone to on loan, and that club may, you know, exercise the option to buy him, or they may do well to attract uh, and still attract, even if they don't stay at that club. They may attract a, um, you know, a, um, a, an offer from another club. So, um, so I still think it's very good that he managed to do um, the, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, release as many players as he um, as he did. About the point of, um, you know, with Florenzi leaving and the right side of defence looking, as the point Sam made about a bit light. Um, the fact is, we, when we took Reynolds, we one of the reasons I think he chose to come to us instead of Juventus, who were quite keen on him, was that um, they were going to loan him out to um, a southern Italian club. I forget. Benevento. Benevento, that's it. And, um, and they, prefer, they thought, or he thought, that for his development it would be better to stay in, in the club that he joined and we offered him that um, option so I think that while it may you know you could say I wouldn't disagree by saying is he ready to take on the role of uh, the right you know the right side defensive role um, in the event that anything you know he was called upon I mean we, of course we you know maybe he will get an opportunity in the one or two conference league games to show uh uh, to show if he is ready, but um, but you know I think when you have players in the squad, you take you've got to give everybody that option and responsibility. And the fact that he came under those terms that he wasn't going to be loaned out, then it would have been a bit difficult for Pinto to loan him out this summer and then take a replacement. So, but but you know looking at the whole picture, as you said, you know the the, the the squad was really bloated. So it's despite divesting ourselves of all these players, um, we 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 we've actually trimmed down the squad. Squad looks leaner, and um, obviously financially it's a big help as well. So yeah, so again, bravo to Pinto for managing to uh, um, slim down the squad like that. He's only thirty six years old. 
Unreal, huh? Yeah, it's remarkable, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And he speaks perfect Italian already, even been in the country, what, 10 months? Yeah, yeah. He, he Smart guy. Than, yeah. I was say, he speaks better than Smalling, who's been there for over two years. In Carstorp. <laughs> and probably, and, yeah, a few others. Ah, oh, right, Carstorp as well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to, I think it was 30 players are out on loan from the club. I did, I was doing my research earlier. I wanted to talk about a player uh, who had his contract mutually terminated and now he's playing in Spain, um, Javier Pastore. I wanted to ask both of you, how bad was that experiment for him to be at Roma for the last three years? Um, that amount of money, um, I wanted to ask you, was that one of Monchi's worst transfers? So I'll ask James, then Sam will come to you afterwards. Do you think that was one of the worst ones that Monchi did in his time at Roma? I think so, because when you look at it, cost to, um, you know, how games, productive yeah. it was, it was um, you know, really expensive and, and didn't come with any, you know, upside in terms of resale value. It was always going to be quite limited resale value. And the big impact that we hoped he would have um, didn't materialise. And in addition to that, and I always say this, when you do a transfer, it's not just the player you take, it's the players that you don't take. You know, you choose one over the other. And we had an agreement to take Hakim Zayek from Ajax. Yeah. That's the player Totti wanted. Totti yeah, said it in a won. bunch of interviews. Yes, and, and then at the 11th hour, um, Munchy changed his mind and uh, um, bought uh, Pastore instead. And that turned out to be, you know, a, a costly mistake. That's why after okay. Francesco went on about the the interview with the the Coney, I think it was when he quit Roma and he gave his full speech and he just let go. Right? He felt he felt like he wasn't heard. Yeah, and I think he yes, and I think um maybe he felt that um after Monchi he, he might have been ready to take on a, a more important role, you know. Um uh so um and the club then went for um, Petraki to, uh, you know, for the DS role. But um, and I think that perhaps uh, annoyed him. Maybe looking at some of the work Monchi did, thinking that it wasn't particularly of a, you know, high standard, and he he could do better. I mean, if you're saying you know he he would have taken, you know, if he had been in, it, it had his um, way, we would have taken Zike. That probably would have been a much better transfer. And who knows, you know, um, maybe, you know, we, we would have done better and maybe been in the Champions League and the situation would be different. I'll never know. But Sayek um, and Haaland were in Roma's radar back then. Was that Haaland pre-Salzburg? Pre, yeah, correct. Yeah, so yeah. that was Mulder. Mm. So, wow. yeah, so I'd say probably just about the worst transfer that Monchi did when he was um, our DS. Sam, I imagine, as I said this for the third time, that's got to be one of the worst ones that Monchi did in 
thankfully Thiago Pinto has done the, the cleaning work that's been left behind. Other ones to mention from that era, Patrick Schick, obviously, in Steven Insonsi. Steven Insonsi's deal is terrible, terrible, terrible for the amount for how he contributed. He's just as, maybe not as bad as Pastore, but very bad. He, we almost paid almost 30 million euros for him for a 30-something-year-old guy that had just won the World Cup. I think those are the worst buys you can make. Um, yeah, Patin Pastore for what would he had a few goals. I think he played 34 matches in his time in over three seasons. I think I, we cannot deny that every time was on, he was on the pitch, he was a difference maker. Because if he was healthy, he was a difference maker. Nobody is denying that. But he was never ready to come back and contribute. You know, uh, contributing one match every three months is just not good enough. And and I think I think if you still consider yourself a professional player, you want to play some football. And if Roma is not going to give you those minutes, go somewhere else, right? For a reduced salary. I don't know what his deal is with Elche anymore. I can't imagine being this high. It's but uh, I think it was, uh, it, it, was, it was time. It was time probably a summer ago. But uh, finally it happened. Again, again, we go back to props to Thiago Pinto, right? Definitely. And uh, just think that's all that money's been saved on the wage bill. Hopefully in Zonti's next, but I'm not hearing great reports that he may have rejected the move to Qatar. Qatar. Yeah, which is a shame. I know his wages are not the best. Um, so the segue away, we just talked about Tiago Pinto. Sam, you've already suggested your score out of 10. James, how would you see... Um, Tiago Pinto's first summer transfer Mercato out of 10 would you go it's the same, uh, same as Sam as 7.5 8 out of 10 or would you go a little bit higher um, yes yes, I would definitely go with 8 out of 10 maybe towards maybe towards 8.5 um, I mean the situ- some people might say well the situation with the Zonzi detracts slightly but um, it's a bit of a I don't really understand Nuzonzi's um, motivations because I remember in March seeing him play for France uh, in the first batch of World Cup qualifiers and I thought over the summer that he although he didn't play he wasn't selected for the Euros squad for France yeah, What can I you thought, do with a player that doesn't seem to want to play? Well, 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 well this is my point that I thought he was hoping to rather than maybe take an offer to go to a club perhaps in Qatar he was hoping for a good offer from elsewhere in Europe so that he would give him a good chance of making the World Cup squad for, if they qualify, for uh, <laughs> next year. But, but, um, so, but obviously, if he's not going to play for us, then his chances of, of uh, and it doesn't look like that situation is going to change, so his chances of getting back in the national team are um, limited. So, well, virtually non-existent. So you'd have thought... Plus, there is better to there now. Exactly. So, yes, and that's a good point, yeah. So so you'd think he would have accepted, you know, a move somewhere where he could at least get on the pitch. But, um, uh, so I don't really understand. But I don't think that detracts from uh, uh, the work of uh, Pinto. So I would give him between eight and eight and a half for his work this summer. And I think that would be vindicated during the season, you know? I think I went for the same one. I went eight and a half out of ten. Uh, the only downside was that not the defensive midfielder that I think all of us Roman fans were craving in the opening four games of the season. But his hands were tired because he couldn't really get rid of anyone. And when he did, 
time was cut short and then you saw Cup Miners go to Atalanta. So, yeah, I think we all probably had the same score, eight, eight and a half out of ten. And hopefully you get to see some good reinforcements in January and the summer. I've, I've heard rumours of a, a midfielder in January and a, a striker from Zenit in the summer, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, on Thiago Pinto, um, I had a question from Sterling McGarvery, um at Sterling underscore M on, on Twitter. Is, is this, this is quite a comical question. Because I have one. Is Tiago Pinto ultimately the reverse Sabatini? And if he ceases to be a DS, will he have a lucrative career working with an NGO cleaning up large scale natural disasters? Oh, come on. Stop giving him ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question, though. <laughs> well, Sabatini will be smoking every. Is Sabatini still hour. smoking? He's still smoking, right? He's never going to quit. I imagine so. Him and Sari are probably the ultimate smokers from Italian football. With yeah, Zeman. Yeah. So, guys, that's that's been the transfer mercato. Um, it's been a good one. It's been a quite an adorious adorious. I botched that one up. It's been a quite good one. Um, it's a, the Turkish transfer window closed yesterday, and we had that, that link with Galatasaray with Diawara, but nothing. They ended up going somewhere else. Yeah, they went to Gustavo Ashinshao, who was playing for Falamical in Portugal. So, so that's the transfer Mercato wrapped up. Um, so, guys, Sam, you wanted to talk about Roma September and the yeah, games we've got coming up. Yeah, because it's an interesting, interesting mix of home matches, a couple of. Uh, tri- uh, couple, a trip to, to the end of the month to Ukraine. Uh, there's a derby de la capitale at the end of the month. So yeah, let's talk about what September has for for us Roma fans. Yeah, so it's like Rome. Uh, Roma have got games on Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday uh, for the month. So they got Sassuolo at home on September the 12th, uh, and then home to CSK Sofia in the Conference League, which is actually live on British TV. It's on BT Sport ESPN. And then it's uh, away to Hellas Verona, home to Udinese, then the Derby, away to Lazio, then a trip to Ukraine, and then to before the international break, it's a, a home game against Empoli at the beginning of October. So, guys, James, I'll start with you. It's quite quite a lot of games in a short amount of time in September and early October. You're just hoping that Roma can... Uh, bring the momentum they got from the first four games of the season? Yes, and I'm confident we will. I think we will pick up um, this two-week interval. You know, I I, uh, I don't think we'll be too detrimental. Uh, I think we'll pick up where we left off. And and the fact that we play, uh, you know, against uh, Salonatana a couple of weeks ago, and I think the fact that we play on Sunday evening gives us a, just a little bit more time to uh, prepare uh, with the internet players coming back from the um, the international break, the ones who were on international duty. Although I think, if I'm not wrong, the South American teams are still going to play. A, still got one game to play on Thursday. In a few hours, yes. Yeah, in a few hours, yeah. But um, yeah, and I think that it's going to be interesting to see how we. I mean, one thing I will say is that if Mourinho can replicate what Fonseca did last season in the group stage of the Europa League. Um, in this season's Conference League, um, where Fonseca managed to um, rotate the squad excellently 
during that competition and still comfortably win the group and um and you know by use you know rotating players using uh going quite deep into the squad then um uh we, we would have negotiated the uh you know the thursday night football uh in this this autumn period very well so i'm confident that when we resume in, in a difficult game against sassuolo um on sunday albeit it's a, it's a home game that things will go well um, this month. And looking at the first two games in the Conference League in particular, home to CSK, who we only drew with last season in the uh, Europa League at home, but, and then away to Zoya Luhansk in Ukraine in, at the end of the month. You know, if we can get four points on the ball from those two, at least four points on the ball from those two games, uh, and you know, pick up maybe even uh, maximum points. I mean, you've got the derby in there, which is uh, um, uh, although uh, uh, you know the good thing with the derby is that you know Lazio also play on a Thursday evening as well. So during this month, it's not like they get much of an advantage in that respect. So I um, yeah, I'm very confident that we'll get a good haul of points in Serie A. And that we'll take at least four points from those opening two um, Conference League group games this month. I like the confidence. And also remember Lazio in the Europa League. And they've got a pretty tough Europa League draw, which I can't see them getting out of. Fast forward to three months' time and I'm proven to have egg on my face. Um, Sam, uh, how do you feel Roma can uh, will do in the month of September in Serie A and in Europe? Okay, so... If September, if we look at if we look at September and October, and October it gets way tougher. Right? So yeah, I, what I think about September and our and the rivals that we've been saying, you know, we got Sassuolo at home, uh, Hellas Verona away. Hopefully, Di Francesco is still the coach of Hellas Verona, so we can get the win. And then you know Udinese at home, we should we should be able to get maximum points out of those, and then come at, come come at a hot form, you know, at a good form to take on, on Lazio at the Olimpico. Um, I think out of, this, out, of tw- out of these 12 points in the league, I think maximum points, like, 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 uh, like James said. But, I mean, realistically, I think I, think I want to say if we end up the season, uh, we end up the month with 10 points in the league, I'll, be, I'll consider myself uh, satisfied. And, yeah, four points, four points, because I know that trip, that trip to Ukraine – that trip to Ukraine is, is going to be rough, right? Because, in, I, listen, we need to take advantage. We need to take advantage and get maximum points or as much as we can in September because in October we have, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Empoli before the, the international break, but then we have Juventus. We have a uh, between you, and then we have, we, we have Juventus away in Juventus Stadium. Then we have a trip to the North Pole in Norway, and then we go Not back great. to get Napoli at home, all within a week. We have Juventus, a trip to the North Pole, and then Napoli at home. Then we are Cagliari, and we close out the month with Milan. Uh, so it's a tough month of October. Uh, take advantage and get maximum points uh, against those rivals in September um, at home and away, because we should be able to take care of uh, Elas Verona in the Bentegori. Uh, so I'm expecting maximum points from Hellas Verona, Udinese, I'm sorry, Sassuolo, Heras, Verona, and Udinese. I think if the, if the keep stays compact, it stays uh, with a high intensity, and the way they've been playing, we pick up right where, where we left off before the break. I think we, 
we uh, we have a good chance. I like both of your confidence. So when are we winning the league this season? What month? <laughs> no, we take it. Well, <laughs> I think I think in the in the last episode we I told when you when you made this comment I said match by match. Now we're going month by month. By month. Theory <laughs> that <laughs> really um, most of that because there's been changes in other clubs as well. That most of the clubs who start the season with a realistic ambition of finishing in the top four um the objective really is to is to have is to maintain that objective up until the end of february and then depending on how close you are to the um capolista um as they say in italy um then maybe your objectives might change and might become higher you know potentially so um and if you think about it that's I what happened that really... to Lazio right that's Lazio is a perfect example when the pandemic happened for them but they were high up and then up, up until February March they were like oh maybe we can compete all the way you know but I think for Roma like you said and I'm sorry to cut you off uh, James it's it yeah that the, the the objective is go back to Champions League right indeed and I think that if you think about last season I think going into February around the February time we were in that fourth place for, for you know we, we'd sustain that and then we fell away to you know in the following few months and of course that coincided with progression in the Europa League and then the priorities changed to and that's maybe ultimately why we finished seventh instead of maybe a position or two higher and um, uh, but 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 so I think that the objective um, the way I'm looking at the, approaching this season is by February um, we, we see where we are then and if we're you know on course to finish in the top four that's that's great but but you know we'll have to see how far we are away from uh the 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 first position if we are away from the first position (laughs) um but and then and then um uh take it from there for those last few months of the season yeah, I agree with you. I think, yeah, I think I even to like just make it simple, just match by match. You know, I don't think there is a rival in Serie A this season where we can say, okay, we're playing this fixture, Roma already lost. I think Roma has a chance on every single match t- until the end of the season, home or away. So I think I'm going to go with that. Let's take it match by match, in this case, month by month. If we're in, in good shape in January, we, we can make some reinforcements in the market accordingly, right? For I think... As of right now, match by match, and let's get the three points, and let's get in those doubles on the board. Yes, I agree with that. We should be competitive in every game. Oh, yeah. Every game with with the uh, hope to be competitive, yeah. I like it, I like it. And Sam, you said something about Lazio. If the pandemic didn't happen, <laughs> sorry. Well, to say the, this. but this that's that goes to show the example yeah. of uh, what, what uh, James was saying. You know, you yeah. you you make assessments in February, March, and see where you are, and then to see if you make the late push. You know, and then see where your priorities are. I think that last year was a good example. Good thing for us, bad thing for them that the pandemic happened and then they hit a wall. Yeah, because I could see them winning the league because they were probably the best side in Italy. That's uh, up until the pandemic. But then, when when the season like restarted in what mid June, I think right. they they were the one of the teams that struggled with three games a week for six weeks. Then Roma did, and I think a couple of other teams did. But I digress. I digress. Go on to a different subject, um, guys. I think we covered everything that we wanted to cover with the transfer Mercato and uh, Roma September. Sam, 
James, thank you very much for joining me on this Thursday evening. Um, you can follow LaMagicast at LaMagicast and on all platforms that you find. So that could be uh, iTunes, um, Spotify, Podbean, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, yeah, iHeartRadio, yeah. and LaMagicast.com. And, and ah, yes. LaMagicast.com is the easiest way to find us, right? My mind went blank for podcast platforms. I apologize. Sorry. <laughs> Um, Sam and James, thank you very much for joining me on this Thursday evening. Um, and always remember, for Saroma, ciao. 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 Oh.